The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck here on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. As you can see, a little bit of a different background behind me. And if you follow me on Twitter, you might know why. Because Mother Nature decided, you know what? You know that Mike Heck guy? gonna smack him right across the face and that's pretty much what she did and i know uh what i'm going through is nothing like what a lot of people are going through in in other countries germany specifically some horror stories going on over there and my heart goes out to to everybody but on a a lower scale i guess it, it hit my house basically a big storm hit rained for about 20 or 30 minutes and it just left devastation and knocked out about 15 feet of my driveway. It was like a complete washout. We had a bridge that sort of separates the lower end from the upper end of the driveway. And there's a a little calm Creek that flows underneath. This Creek was not as calm on Sunday night. And we literally watched the entire bridge collapse and just go away. And the good thing that came out of this was the fact that we made the choice to park our cars down at the bottom of the driveway. Because if we had parked at the top, we would have had two cars just stuck up there with nowhere to go. Luckily, the town that I live in came through in a, in a big way, sent a crew over, bulldozers, all sorts of craziness, digging out some debris from the creek. And they ended up dumping a whole bunch of rock and dirt and rock and dirt and Luckily, we can walk across there now. So I don't know how I feel about driving across there, but at least we can walk across there now. And uh, pretty amazing that they were able to get that done in like six hours. So awesome stuff. Really appreciate the town of Lennox, JP Maximilian, all the work they did. And 
So that part's done. Now we got to deal with all this rain. Water has, for the first time since we bought the house, gone up through the basement floor. So we're dealing with that right now. So it's just been a friggin' nightmare. And it's just been a, it's really not the best time for this to happen. But this is, we have a big show. We'll get to the guests. I'm not going to do a, a whole big in, in, intro or anything like that. We're just going to get right into it because there's 5 million things going on. But, uh, Right off the bat, I want to let you guys know that on Wednesday morning, I will be hitting the road. I will be jumping on an airplane for the first time in a couple of years. I'll be heading to Tampa, Florida to cover the BKFC event, headlined by Paige Van Zandt versus Rachel Rachel Ostovich. Britton Hart will be fighting Jenny Savage on that card, and uh, a whole bunch more. Should be a really interesting show. I'm excited to just get back on the road and, and do what I love to do, cover these events, talk to the fighters, do some stuff that's that's a little different than events are typically covered. So I'm looking forward to that. So make sure you follow my coverage from Wednesday. We're going to have, I think it's open workout. There's uh, some media scrums. Thursday is, oh, the press conference as well. Thursday's the weigh-ins, Friday the fights. So it should be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. And then, of course, on Saturday, big one for the UFC. You got TJ Dillashaw returning after his suspension. He's going to take on Corey Sanhagen. And with everything going on, I feel like that fight, as good as it is, is kind of flying under the radar, and it's kind of a shame that that's the case, but that's the combat sports world world and landscape that we are a part of right now. But that fight should be really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk about that UFC Vegas 32 event a little bit later on in the show. UFC Vegas 31 happened on Saturday as well. Misha Tate, triumphant return for her. We'll talk about that in a little bit with our first guest, and Islam Makachev just continues to show that he is one of the best 155 pounders in the world. And if you haven't read it, the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Alshadi wrote a great feature that dropped on Sunday morning about what sort of his takeaways from the event. And I completely agree with him. Islam Makachev, throw him in there against the top five guy and it's sink or swim time. He's earned the right for a sink or swim fight. And I want to see it, whether that's against... Rafael Dos Anjos, I like that idea. I know Dos Anjos isn't quite a top five guy, but former champion, they rebooked that. I'd be fine with that. If they did, did the Tony Ferguson fight, I know that the Ferguson enthusiasts may not be so fond of that idea because it hasn't been good for Ferguson over his last three fights. And I feel like a fight with Makachev may kind of end up the same. Who knows? It is MMA and things change and evolve all the time, but it's a tough matchup for Tony Ferguson. But a good storyline for that fight with with Habib and the rivalry those two put together without actually getting into the octagon, which there needs to be a, a 30 for 30 on that fight made someday. So we'll see what happens. Good show. And uh, we got a good show here on uh, What the Heck. So let us run down the lineup and we'll get to our first guest. Wrapping us up, we're going to talk to Gilbert Burns coming off his win over Stephen Thompson at UFC 264. Some people sort of poo-pooed his performance. Dana White had some not-so-nice things to say about it. I thought it was a great performance. I thought he had an A-plus night, not just because of the fight, but because of what he said after the fight. I love the call. I love the sort of heel turn. Gilbert Burns really dug that, and I like the call-outs too. So we'll get Gilbert's thoughts on the win, the reaction, the call-outs, et cetera, to wrap us up later on. Before that, we're going to talk to Josh Martinez. If you don't know who he is, if you ever watched Big Brother or you probably know him more from MTV's The Challenge, Josh from The Challenge is going to join us because he's actually got himself a good old fashion boxing match coming up on August 6th 
in Arlington, Texas. It's Big Brother US versus Big Brother Canada. They put together this card and Josh, who went pretty far in the last challenge. I know he's gonna be part of the next season of the challenge. He joins us to talk about that stuff, his experiences on the show and making his boxing debut on that car, which you can watch on Fight TV on August 6th, the night before UFC 265. So you can make a, a little Texas weekend out of it. You can go to Arlington, watch that card, and then get in the car and drive to Houston. It's like three, three and a half, uh, probably a little under four hours away. So make a weekend out of it. So we'll talk to him a little bit later on about that experience and what he's looking forward to. We will also talk to Adrian Yanez. He's going to be fighting this Saturday against Randy Costa. I cannot love that fight anymore. And Adrian's going to join us. And it's nice because, and it's kind of the theme of the conversation, especially after we saw with Conor McGregor, UFC 264, and how negative and ugly this got. This rivalry, this feud, if you will, between Adrian Yanez and Randy Costa, nothing but positivity. Nothing but positivity. No trash talk. Maybe trash talk about certain brand name items that these gentlemen like to consume. consume. But other than that, just really good, positive stuff. Two guys who are exciting fighters just want to get in there and fight. That's the people's main event in my eyes. So we'll talk to Adrian Yanez, one of the exciting prospects at 135 pounds, coming up a little bit later on. He also gives his take on the Sanhagen Dillashaw main event as well. But first, we're going to kick things off with Michael Chiesa. He was on the broadcast this past Saturday, part of the desk with Michael Chandler, with Karen Bryans, and he's got a big fight coming up at the UFC's next pay-per-view offering, UFC 265. Let's talk to the Maverick right now on What the Heck. All right, let us say hello to a man that returns to action August 7th at UFC 265 in Houston. He's going to face Vicente Luque, and not only that, watching the UFC Vegas 31 event on Saturday, Nobody's face was on my television screen more than this man's face. From his work on the desk to his commercial with Justin Gaethje, it was the Michael Chiesa show on Saturday night. He's kind enough to join us right now. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, I had uh, I had some mixed reviews about the commercial. Everybody loved it, for one. Um, but then it got to the point last night where I had, like, the same people. They're like, dude, I've just seen your commercial. This is so great. And then by, like, the end of the fights, they're like, Hey, are they, how many more times are they going to play this? I'm getting kind of sick of you. So, <laughs> but nonetheless, man, it was cool. You know, um, it was cool to work the desk for Misha Tate's comeback fight. You know, I, I usually, once I'm about six, seven weeks out, eight weeks out, I usually don't work the desk, but I was already out here training and, um, I just wanted to call my friends fight. So it was really cool to, uh, to be a part of that. And yeah, it was good. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that because, like, like you said, a lot of people, when it's this close, they probably don't jump on the desk. But it, it did remind me of something like Eric Nixick told me about Misha Tate, that you know, doing that stuff and talking about fights and looking at things from an analytic perspective, it's actually very helpful when it comes to keeping your mind sharp and things of that nature. Seeing like, you know, maybe some new evolving things and tactics take place on this card that you're calling and you get to see it for the first time. Like, did you kind of notice that yourself? I, I know you don't typically get on there and, and, and do the desk this close to a fight, but yeah, you wanted to call Misha's fight, but did you kind of get some sort of mental help with that? Like heading into your fight, just being able to work the desk for this one. I like working the desk for that reason all the time. I, I love being, you know, diving into to guys' styles and like doing my studies and stuff. Um, you know, but for this one, it was just like, I'm already out here training and it's Misha's fight and Rick little, my coach was out here. So, it just made a lot of sense. You know what I mean? But if I was, if I was back home training and it was this close to the fight, you know, I, you know, when you, when you come do these desk shows, you know, you've got to quarantine, you got to do tests and stuff and, and it can kind of throw a wrench in your training. But, you know, I've been out here, I was able to establish all my training times and 
it just kind of worked out. And it was nice to just kind of take a break. You know, I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself going into these training camps, you know, and I, uh, it's just like going to work in the desk is just like a nice little break, you know, even though I'm still revolving my, what I'm doing around fighting, I'm not dwelling on the fact that I'm fighting Vicente Luque, you know, cause then you do need breaks away from, from dwelling on that opponent. Sometimes it's good for for your mental health, I believe. How did you enjoy working with Michael Chandler on the desk? I, I enjoyed the post-fight stuff as well with Islam and Michael. And it seemed like you and Karen were, you know, kind of doing your thing and oh, yeah. trying to get some, plant some seeds, if you will. What, what was that like working with Chandler like that? Oh, for one, I've always been a huge fan of Michael Chandler. I mean, back in the Bellator days, man, I remember when he fought Eddie Alvarez. The first Bellator pay-per-view was the Eddie Alvarez rematch, correct? I, if, I think uh, I'm right on this one. Yeah, I think you are right. Uh, I'm testing your knowledge, Mike. <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember I was out here in Vegas at John Wood's house when I watched the the, the Mike Chandler, Eddie Alvarez rematch on pay-per-view. And stuff. So I've been a huge fan of him for a long time. So it's just kind of weird for me. Like, you know, I, yeah, I've been in UFC for nine years. But like when I'm working the desk and I'm taking a guy like Michael Chandler through his first desk show and I'm kind of like, you know, he's I, I'm saying this very humbly, but it's like, He's the rookie in this instance, and I'm the vet. I'm like, this is just weird. You know, it's weird how life works out sometimes. Um, but I had such a blast working with Mike. He's a good guy, and he's got a really good I, – I, I like his layers to, to his knowledge and the things that he says. I feel like when you talk about learning stuff, Mike, um, I feel like I learn a lot. You know, I learn a lot from, like, studying guys' fights, but I feel like I learn more from the people I'm working next to. Like one of my favorite people to work with, hands down, bar none, is Anthony Smith. I love working with Anthony Smith because when I listen to his analysis, I'm like, wow, I didn't think of it like that. Or there's certain perspectives that I, I don't see myself that I pick up from guys like Anthony Smith. And I, I feel like Michael Chandler, um, he's, got a, he, he's got a good future in this type of stuff. I like the layers to his knowledge. So I feel like that's where I gain the most amount of knowledge from these death shows is whoever I'm working next to. Just seeing, kind of going back to Misha, I mean, she just looked so noticeably relaxed in there. Like, it might have been the most relaxed I've ever seen her before a fight. Like, when Bruce Buffer was announcing her, she looked right at home in there. Like, the, there's certainly pressures heading into a fight, like you're about to get punched in the face. But still, she was just like, this is where I belong. Did you notice that, too? Like, the, the different sort of just, just approach she had mentally right before she was about to start fighting Marion Renault. It's the demeanor of the whole camp. The whole, I mean, I know and it's not my place to get into the details. Um, not my place at all. So I'm not going to. But I know what it was like for her to be in training camp prior to this, this fight with Marion Renault. I know what it was like for, I know what type of, um, for lack of better words, I know what type of bullshit she had to go through. So when you take that out of her life and, it, and having her fire for competition reignited, I mean, I had, I can hands down say Misha Tate's the mentally toughest person I've ever trained with. I've ever seen fight. I mean, we've seen her get her arm broken. We've seen her get her nose smashed. We've seen Julie Kedzie head kick her and have her come back and win. Like she is so damn tough. And when you have to deal with the things she had to deal with all that, all that BS just starts to extinguish that flame and take away what makes Misha Tate so special. And for her to take this time off and find herself again and find her, you know, the passion was never gone. It was just a desire for competition. So to see all that come back and just see how comfortable she was out there, see that type of performance. Nobody's ever finished Marion Renault in the UFC. And uh, she did it in an emphatic fashion. So it was just great to see. And, and she's such a good person. She's a great ambassador for the sport. 
for males and females alike. Um, I'm just very happy for her, man. She, she deserves, she deserves a lot of great things. And this is something people don't know about me. She said, Hey, she doesn't have to fight. Like that's like a common, that's a common misconception for people is like when a guy or a guy or girl retires and they come out of retirement and they're like, Oh, they must be, you know, they, they have to fight now they're broke or this, that they, they, it's like a negative type of thing. Like Misha's very well off. She doesn't have to fight. She could be done. She, dude, she headlined UFC 200. I mean, she's, she's good, but she just wants to fight. She's a competitor. She wants to be here. She doesn't have to be here. So I think that that's what makes this, um, this makes this comeback a little more special. I would agree. So let's talk about you, my man. You get Vicente Luque in a little less than three weeks. Good fight for sure. An important fight, but from our past conversations, and I know you're aware of the dangers this man presents. I'm wondering if you were, I don't know if unhappy was the word, but were you understanding of the matchmaking considering the landscape of this division right now? It's the fight that makes sense. I mean, to be completely honest with you, Mike, you know, I know that there was all these kind of swirling talks about, you know, maybe me and Camaro and this and that. And look, I knew it was Vicente a long time ago. I just didn't say anything about it. It's just, you know, when the champ starts saying your name, you kind of run with it for a while. So, um, I've known it's going to be Vicente for a long time and I'm not, I'm not unhappy with the matchup at all. At all. There's not, is he tough? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this guy, and I'm not just saying this because this is, I'm not trying to build up my opponent, you know, but it's like, this is the most dangerous guy I've ever fought. And if you look at his record, you look at what he's done in the octagon, nobody would disagree with me. I mean, he's super dangerous. He's a finisher. He can knock you out. He can submit you. He's always in good shape. He's always well-prepared. Uh, this guy's tough. This guy's really dangerous. This guy's a serious threat. And, uh, I'm not taking him lightly at all. And, 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 you know, I, yeah, I played into the the fact that Kamara was saying my name and all he was saying, when, yeah, I played into it a little bit, but I knew the whole time it was going to be Vicente Luque. And, and I'm not the, you know, I, I was never distracted by what was going on. I played into it. Why do you think I never made a post to Kamara Usman on, why do you think I never responded to Ali? Why do you think I never, to the to you guys to the to the media yeah i was like yeah 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 Kamara saying my name i welcome that fight great why do you think i didn't prod back at him i'm just i i knew who the guy i knew who it was going to be and this is a challenge and to be quite frank like i i think vicente if this is the fight i need to get to the next level this is the guy with the dangers that he presents inside the octagon um this is a test i need to pass before i get to that next level i think that if i can get out there with vicente luque and get a win, whether it be by finish or by decision, whatever the result is, I'm going to have to walk through the fire to get it. So I think that that's a good test for me to see where I'm at. And, uh, you know, I, I want to fight for the title. You know, if I go out there and, and have a dominant performance, I don't see how I can't make my stake, my claim with a five fight win streak. Um, and being the freshly minted number five guy, you know, they, they, they bumped our spots. They switched us around. Um, why not me? You know, but I'm not looking too far ahead. I'm I'm deadlocked, focused on Vicente Luque, and uh, whatever comes after that, you know, we'll see what happens. What was your like initial reaction to the whole Ali thing and him saying, "How about we do Usman versus Kiesa in June?" Like I knew that wasn't possible because you didn't want to fight in June. You were going to do July or or later than that. But just your overall thoughts on just getting the rub like that. Uh, I, I wasn't upset about it. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and this doesn't, this isn't the first time this happened either, Mike. Um, I don't know if I'm even supposed to say this, but, uh, I'm going to say it. Uh, they actually, my manager reached out Danny, like, uh, let's say sometime in March 
I got a, he called me and he's like, Hey, there's a, there's, you need to like, how good a shape are you in right now? I was like, I mean, I'm training, you know, I only took three days off when I got home from fight Island. I took three days off, got right back to training. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm training. Why? What's up? He's like, uh, you want to fight tomorrow, April 24th? I was like, Oh shoot. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say no, but yeah, I mean, let me know, you know? So it's like, it kind of has been going on for a while. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I don't know. It, it was cool to have, it's cool that when, when the champ and the champ, maybe not, maybe Kamaru not himself isn't saying it, but when like Ali's saying it and stuff, it's like, cool. Like, I'm glad that like I'm coming up in these conversations. Um, it, it, it's good for me. You know, it's good for, uh, it's good for my chances, especially now you, you take all, the April 24th, you know, potentially fighting him, potentially fighting him in June, everything, all he's saying, whatever, um, you, you know, you have that all happen in the past. And now I got Vicente ahead of now, if I can go out and get this win, uh, I feel like I got some momentum to, to give myself a, a good, uh, good argument to fight for the title. So I think it'd be great. Uh, I think I'm deserving of it. I feel like, uh, it's crazy to think I've been here for nine years. And I'm like, am I turning into the Michael Bisping? Am I going to be the guy that's got to like get in there and like battle it out for a decade before I get my title shot? You know, um, if that's the case, whatever, that's fine. As long as I get one sooner or later, whether it be after Vicente or not, I, I just hope I, I just I really I have to fight for the title someday. It's, it's my destiny. I know you're probably not even supposed to talk about this, but you did. So I'm going to ask you a follow-up. When, when, how long was that carrot sort of dangled in front of you? Like, when did you realize that Mazadal was the guy and that this wasn't going to happen? So when Danny called me, he's like, oh, it's like a, it's like a 60, 40, maybe, maybe not, you know? And I, I think it was more or less, I mean, I know how this business works. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'd like to think I'm pretty savvy to this type of stuff and negotiations and how it works. Um, but, uh, it, I, I actually, I remember the date now is whenever I, whenever I commentated for LFA in March, I was like in the airport and he called me and he was like, Hey, you know, what do you think about fighting, uh, tomorrow in April? I'm like, I'm freaking, I'm in Spokane airport. I'm or no, I wasn't even, I was in, uh, Oklahoma. I was like, I just landed in Oklahoma. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> just go to the, go start running on the treadmill. Uh, it, it wasn't very long. Uh, Cause I think that they, I think that when Danny called me, I think it was like seven and a half weeks out or seven weeks out. And, and then by the time they locked it in, I think it was like six weeks before the 24. So there was definitely like a, four to seven day period where I was kind of just like waiting in the wings, just kind of like texting, like, Hey, like, do we know what's going on yet? Like I kind of, I'm kind of going nuts here. I need to know what I need to do right now. Like I'm trying to like, you know, trying to get myself prepared for the biggest moment of my life. It's coming up on this short of notice. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of hectic. No pun intended, given that I'm hey. Mike Hex show. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nicely done. So, yeah, that would, I mean, what what a crazy turn of events that would have been. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So we get Mazadal and, you know, would have been the first fight in front of, like, back with fans and stuff, and you would have been making that walk with the – that would have been sick. What a crazy moment that would have been. That would have been, like right. – that would have been amazing. But – in addition to your fight on August 7th, Juliana Payne is getting a title shot. How about that? And you came on the show and you said after Payne's last win, she should fight for the belt. That's exactly what's happening. So I'm sure that you're pumped for her, but now you get to kind of set the table for her as well, which is pretty cool, right? Yeah, dude. It's uh, Julie and I have been fighting side by side for years. You know, she uh, she started training. She walked in the gym a week after me. 
these AirPods just don't, they hate my freaking cauliflower ear. They need to make like a, something that fits in better. I, I'm like sticking it in my ears. Sorry. But, uh, you know, we've been fighting side by side for years and, and we've had the same aspirations for a long time. And you can see that through just through our career. Like we both, we both win the ultimate fighter. We, we both had these conversations about, you know, wanting to be the best, the best of the best in our, in our, in our respective divisions. And, and, um, I know the tremendous amount of adversities she's been through in her life in and out of competition. Um, and I, it's just, I'm just so happy she's getting her opportunity. I, I feel like how hardened she has been to, to, you know, she's had some tough losses. She's had some tough injuries. Um, I feel like all the adversity that she's faced in her life in and out of the octagon has hardened her for this moment. She's tempered for this moment. Like, how do you temper, how do you temper steel? You gotta, you gotta keep throwing it in the flames and you gotta beat it. You throw it in the flames, you beat it in flames and you, and you keep going through this process and, uh, until it just becomes bulletproof. And I think that she's, I think that she's, everything is, is time perfect going into this moment for her. I think that she's going to have a great performance and I think she's going to win. I believe she's going to win. I, um, I can't divulge too much. I know how the training has been going and, uh, I think she's going to shock the world, man. I think you guys are in for a real treat on August 7th and I got to lead her off. Right. I got to lead her off. Right. I got to go out and get a win. I got to lead her off into that co-main event riding high. So, um, and I kind of put the, the, I find weird places and things to like put myself, put myself under more pressure. I don't know why. But I'm like, I have to win for Julie. Like, and now I don't have to just win for myself. I'm like, I gotta go win for Julie. I gotta set the tone right. You know what I mean? I'm I'm kind of like putting pressure on myself. Like, I gotta lead her off strong before she makes that walk. I go out. I gotta go out and I gotta be able to come back in that locker room pumped up on a win to send her off for her to go get the job done. And uh, I believe she's gonna do it, man. I'm I'm really excited for for her, and she's very rewarding of it. I mean. Look who she's facing in the octagon. I mean, she's she's faced everybody. The laundry list of, of contenders. She's faced the best of the best time and time again. And, and I think she's going to really shock the world. It's funny. You know, I remember I had a conversation with Calvin Cater last year. And, you know, he's Calvin's not a big trash talker, but he seeks out those ships on his shoulder, like wherever he can find it. If he can find something like a little piece that he could put on his shoulder to like give him that extra pressure, he finds it wherever he can find it, whether it's something his opponent said or, you know, maybe – like a former opponent was said something nice about the guy. Like he finds it whenever he can. Are you the same way? Do you try to find that every time you fight? Yeah. You know, and so <laughs> I'm the same way. And, and people are like, uh, like you need to not put so much pressure on yourself. I'm like, no, I do. I need to put the pressure on myself because I like, that's where I feel like I perform best. So I definitely like, if I see an interview where someone's talking to my opponent, or if I see an interview where someone's talking me down or just anything, it's like, I find places to put pressure on myself, but the one thing I won't do, Mike, is I'm not the type of guy where I'm not spiteful and I'm not out to prove anybody wrong. That's not it. That's, that's one thing I don't do. I'm not out to prove any naysayers wrong. I could give two shits. I'm, I'm just out to prove my people right. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, when your time in the light and when your time under the sun comes to an end, all you're going to have left is your memories, your friends, your family, and your teammates, you know, the fans that, you know, you'll have diehard fans that will stick by your side till, till the end and maybe through the end, but I'm not out to prove anybody wrong. I'm just here to prove people right. I'm here to prove my people right. And, um, and, and give them a reason to, to have some affirmations for their beliefs in me. So I'm not out to prove any wrong, anyone wrong. I'm just here to prove people right. 
what was your reaction to the co-main event of UFC 264? Because you had Wonderboy facing Gilbert Burns as a big fight for this division. And, you know, you were kind of the guy that a lot of people thought of in terms of like what happens, the aftermath of it all, because Wonderboy winning puts him in a great position to fight for the belt. Gilbert Burns winning, you know, kind of keeps him in the same spot as long as Usman is still the champion. So overall, like, I know you don't typically cheer for people to win or lose. That's not your style, but for your career, was it was it a good thing that Gilbert beat Wonderboy? Does it make your path to the title easier? In fact, does it make your path to a Gilbert Burns fight easier? Because I know that's a guy that you have a lot of respect for and you feel, and you told me this before, when it's all said and done, he could be your biggest rival in the sport. It is, he could be my biggest rival, but I don't mean that in like a bad way. Right. I just think like he's just – that that's that's a great fight you know him, gilbert and i we see each other in passing we're always super nice to each other but him and i both know what we bring to the table and uh i think the fans and in the media like you like that's a good fight um you know but for me i just like i said i'm just so laser focused on vicente i just it doesn't make a difference to me like it um we'll see what happens with gilbert i think that you know i think that they put him and leon together at this point right now i don't think that we all know what Dana favors. He favors activity. And if, if Leon votes to sit out and try to wait for a title shot and Gilbert says, screw it, keep me back in there and, and fights whoever, you know what I mean? I know Gilbert wants to fight before the end of the year. I think Gilbert could fight, you know, he could fight another one or two guys below him, beat him and get another title shot before Leon. Oh, look who's that. We got a little Cody. Stamen? We got Stamen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, if Leon wants to sit and wait, I don't think it's going to favor him. I think that he's going to have to fight somebody and there's really not a ton of options for him. So, you know, I, I th- that was one of those fights where I like both guys so much. I mean, who doesn't like wonder boy? He's like the, the NMF. He's the nicest, he's the nice mother effort in the UFC. Um, and then you got Gilbert Burns, who's just, you know, same as, same as wonder boy. Everybody likes Gilbert Burns. So for me, it was like, may the best man win. I'm not, I'm not even thinking about who I could potentially fight coming out of that matchup i just that's when it comes to vicente luque that's where guys you can't make a single mistake against him and that and that's inside the octagon and outside of the octagon it would be a mistake for me to start dwelling on oh i can i might fight the winner of wonder boy in in burns it's like no, no no don't even think about it just watch the fight have fun enjoy it don't even think about who you fighting the winner focus on vicente luque don't let anything slip through the cracks when it comes to this matchup because one thing slips through the cracks and he's going to slip through a left hook and it can be a bad night for me. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm not, it was a fun fight to watch. Uh, but I'm not even thinking about who, who's next. I'm just, I'm just focused on August 7th. Fair enough. Did, did you feel that, did you feel the criticism was fair of Gilbert Burns' performance? I thought it was a great night for him. I, I didn't understand why people were so sour on his performance. I thought this fight was great. I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to do with Wonderboy? You, you can't tell me that you're, it's 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 kind of uh, unfair if if everybody has this expectation that like you're supposed to go out and have some fun stand up fight with Wonderboy Thompson when you're a world champion in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu like that's like that look Gilbert can Gilbert can slang him with the best of them he's got amazing power in his hands uh, you know we've seen his his work in in the stand up department it's it's phenomenal but it's not on wonder boys level. And he did, he did what anybody of his grappling caliber should do. Go out and wrestle the guy, go out and put him on the fence, take him down, fish for the submission, look for ground and pound, just positionally dominate him. Um, 
I thought the fight was great, you know, but I'm biased. I'm, I'm, I'm a grappling based fighter. So when I'm watching Gilbert fight wonder boy, I'm like, this is, this is great. You know, this is, this is how you fight the guy. Um, so, I mean, everybody loves a good, exciting fight. Everybody loves them dudes stand and bang and all that stuff. I understand. Um, but that's mixed martial arts was like the UFC was founded on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Hoist Gracie made this shit happen. You know what I mean? We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So if a guy wants to go out and have a fight like Gilbert Burns does, show some respect and pay homage. Because if guys were just standing and banging the whole time back in 93, we wouldn't be where we're at today. If there wasn't a skinny Brazilian dude in a gi out there choking out these huge buff guys, we wouldn't freaking be here. So put some respect on Gilbert Burns' win. That was awesome, you know. Showing some respect to, to the to the to the to the one branch of, of mixed martial arts that really made this whole UFC thing happen. Good on Burns. It's a great. Well fight. said. Well said. Uh, a couple last quick things. How excited are you to be back in front of an arena full of fans when you when you fight? I mean, it's been it's been a minute, man. Dude, it's it's going to be electric, man. I'm so excited. Um, you know, the, the I've always said it, man. The fans, the fans are the the backbone and the beating heart of the sport. They're the other reason why we're able to do what we do. Was it for the fans that love the sport and Brazilian jiu-jitsu? We wouldn't be here. <laughs> so it's gonna <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be great to get out there in front of the fans. I'm excited to get to Houston. Uh everything's bigger in Texas. Hopefully the winds are as well. Um, you know, and I'm just looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting card stacked from top to bottom. I mean, you got Rafael Fazeev. Make it, he finally got a fight, you know, he, his fight with Bobby Green, headline in the prelims. Song Yudong, Casey Kennedy is going to be sick. Uh, Jose Aldo, Pedro Munoz, Juliana Pena versus The Goat, Amanda Nunes, Cyril Gaunt versus Black Beast, me versus Luque. <laughs> Let's go. It's going to be freaking awesome. How do we get this thing done on August 7th? Just fight my fight, man. I just, I, I, I'm... I'm coming into my own. I know, I know where my limitations are and I know where I excel and I've addressed both. Um, I've made a lot of adjustments from my last fight to now I've been doing my camp in Las Vegas, still having Rick little come out and you know, he's bouncing back and forth between here and Chicago, uh, making sure me and Julia are prepared and ready for our fight. I have great training partners out here, uh, great coaching out here. And I feel like I'm able to blend the best of both worlds and, and put them together, you know? So, uh, I'm going to be a very, very, very dangerous man on August 7th. And, uh, you guys just have to tune in and see live on pay-per-view. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Good stuff from Michael Chiesa right there. Looking forward to that fight with Vicente Luque. And I think the question I asked about being disappointed or unhappy with the opponent, he wanted a top five guy. I know Luque's pretty much right there. He called out Colby Covington. The Wonder Boy fight kind of made sense to him as well. Leon Edwards, of course, gets Luque, which is which is a tough out. And I, I think Chiesa's handling this the right way. It's a tough fight. And looking forward to that one at UFC 265 coming up in a little less than three weeks from right now at the Toyota Center in Houston. We move ahead to, speaking of Houston, Adrian Yanez. He's from Houston. He's going to be fighting this Saturday against Randy Costa. Really looking forward to this fight at UFC Vegas 32. Here he is right now on What the Heck. All right, let us welcome back one of the most exciting prospects at 135 pods in the UFC, Mr. Adrian Yanez. He is back at action on July 24th. Fun fight with Randy Costa, the fight that was built on social media around positivity. And now they're going to meet inside the hallowed octagon very, very soon. Adrian, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing great. I'm blessed, man. I'm super excited. Man, it's just right around the corner. And man, I, I really can't wait. I really can't wait to step in the cage, man. I'm super excited. Can you, it is very rare in this sport. And I've talked to Randy about this on a couple of different occasions that something like what you guys did on social media got so much traction, yet there was no trash talk, like no personal animosity towards one another, your fighting styles. It, it was the total opposite of what we saw on Saturday in the build to Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. This is like the yin to the yang. And it's so refreshing. Like how, how cool is this for you to see that, there's nothing fabricated here. You guys were just very respectful of each other. You threw some jabs at some of the things that you like to consume. But other than that, that's as far as it went. And this fight got put together and everybody's fired up for it. Man, it's it's it's, it's honestly like really, really cool that that happened. And the way it happened, it's, it's pretty awesome. And it was pretty organic. All of it happened organically. And it, nothing was kind of like fabricated. Nothing was just like like over the top. We didn't push anything. Uh, yeah, of course, a little trash talk between Reese's and Dr. Pepper, of course. But, you know, that's just all fun and games. It just makes it just a little bit like funner and everything. You know, the trash trash talk isn't even trash talk. It's just, you know, like, hey, I think this is better than that. And it's pretty cool. I love it. You know, and it's kind of like a, a breath of fresh air whenever you get two people who, you know, respect each other and are going to go in there and fight either way. They're this, there's no animosity, no nothing. And like, honestly, 
10 out of 10 times, the people who respect each other more end up having a a better fight. They end up going like, it ends up being like a fight of the night contender worthy, like in my sense. Every time I've seen somebody who just respect each other, like they they go after it, man. Look look at uh, when Travis Brown fought uh, Andre Arlovsky. They used to train together. And they had this love and admiration for each other. They went in there and they threw down until one of them fell. So it's like, I feel like it's much more the same. Uh, and the way everything's been coming together, like MMA Twitter did a great job in setting this up and like kind of made it an alley-oop for us to dunk it. So, you know, it's it's all looking good and all looks very good on my eyes whenever I'm looking at everything. So it's happening July 24th, of course. The big goal of this whole thing at first was to get it on that first Houston card in front of the fans. It didn't happen. You're still booked to fight Randy. And I know Randy had told me that if something had fallen out of that Houston card, they're going to do everything in their power to slide you guys in there. And that didn't happen. Was that disappointing for you? The, the, the fact that you guys didn't get that opportunity or are you okay with it at the end of the day? Well, it, it was uh, it was a kind of mixture of a lot of things we did. We did end up getting the opportunity to, to go into it. Uh, but it like, I completely understand like why ran, like why Randy didn't, fully jump into it because uh you know like he's he's in this he's in a i know whenever it comes to marijuana and all that stuff like it texas still kind of holds that like as a freaking regulatory rule and i think that's stupid it's idiotic it's not performance enhancing at all so like i he was like hey look like it's a week notice and it's like you know hey i needed to help sleep and everything so it was like we went back we even dm'd each other back and forth so i completely understood his case and not wanting to do it and also too you know i i didn't want any repercussions or any bad things to happen on on his end it would have been cool to have another fight on uh, another fight but uh just super short notice between everybody so uh man if we had like a bigger time frame it would have been uh it would have been a for sure thing but it was like the week of, and uh, and it would have been a real big risk for Randy, and then the repercussions after if he would have, if like they the Texas Commission would have punished him, you know. And I, I don't want that for him. And uh, also, you know, at the same time, it kind of was like a little bit of a blessing because you know, you know, right after right after all that stuff, you know, I got to sit and watch the fights and just got to enjoy it, you know, be a fan in the cage and just be able to experience that. So it was pretty cool on both sides. It was pretty cool. But then also it made it even better for July 24th because now, like, we got more built up, uh, more built up. And then, like, MMA Twitter is, like, going nuts this week, especially because they're like, it's finally going to happen. I really can't believe it's next week. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, it kind of let it marinate a little bit better. So, you know, uh, you know. The the Houston is gonna come. It's it's gonna come. I have no doubt about it that I'm gonna get my shot whenever whenever time comes. Uh, I'll, <laughs> another time. It's all uh, honestly it's slipping away from me because it's August seventh, so two weeks after this this fight, which uh, you know if we have a fight of the night, I'm pretty sure we're both gonna be out of commission for a month. So it's uh, <laughs> another one slips away. But the good news is part of this booking this UFC 265 card in Houston is that the company has signed like a multi-fight, multi-year deal with the with the Toyota Center. So there's going to be more chances for you to fight there. Does that kind of soften the blow once you found out that they're going back to Houston in two weeks and they could just push this one back again? But at least there's <laughs> going to be more opportunities for you to fight there, right? Oh, yeah. It, it would have been cool to push some, to push it back two weeks. But, man, I've already been training so hard. Like, I had literally had not stopped training at all since after the Gustavo fight because I was I was told that, I, that 
that 262 was a big possibility. So I never got out of training camp. So I'm like, man, why would I want to push this back two two weeks further back? Uh, two weeks further back, even though like we tried to push it as an option, but like, man, I'm ready to get it over with, man. Like it, I've been in training camp for such a long time. I haven't been out of a training camp since the beginning of the year. So I, I'm just ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to jump in the cage and I'm filled with excitement right now. Uh, but man, it, the, it, it it'll be cool. It it it, it would be cool to get in the UC uh, UC Toyota Center card and whatever card it is. Uh, but man, like it, I'm missing two big opportunities. It was the first one back in Houston, and then also uh, Derek Lewis is uh, is fighting for the interim title, uh, heavyweight title. So like, you know, those are two big uh, two big spots, and I would I wish I would have been able to get the spots, but uh, you know, the next one's fine too. <laughs> it does it does kind of like man it does bring me down a bit but at the same time like you know my chance and my like everything's still there you know it, it'll come back and whenever i do i have a i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be on a main card spot well said i know that the, the victor rodriguez win that was like the hey i've arrived but the the gustavo lopez win this was like the this is the breakout performance for you. This is the one that like caught everybody's attention because people know who Gustavo is. He's a tough guy. He's won championships in other organizations, veteran of the sport. And you went in there and it dominated him and then put him away in the third round. I know there's been a lot of hype and a lot of attention on this fight in particular, but have you started to notice fans just paying attention to you specifically as a fighter? Like, did, did you feel that sort of breakout moment yourself after the Lopez win? Oh, absolutely. I felt, I felt the fans were starting to look at what I was doing and inside the cage, you know, the, the first, the first, uh, UFC debut, uh, you know, like it was, it, it was a great showing, especially for somebody coming in short notice. You got to do what you got to do at the short notice, notice people, uh, especially coming in outside the organization. Like you, you got, you got to put your stamp, you got to put the stamp on those guys, uh, especially whenever you come in and then, uh, to get that fight, next fight, and I get a really good veteran in Gustavo Lopez, who's tough as nails, uh, has never gotten outclassed like that. Yes, of course, you know, he's he's had his losses, but, man, like, he's never been out of a fight. He's always been in a fight, man. He even took a fight on uh, six days' notice against Marab. It went all three rounds with him. So, like, I took all that into account, and that, and honestly, like, his his next fight, he fought Anthony Burchick, who's another stud, goes out there and finishes them uh, in the first round pretty handily, pretty easily. So, man, looking at that, like the opponent in Gustavo and just me being able to outclass him the whole entire time, uh, I think a lot of people saw the potential that I have, and I, I believe they believe in me uh, a lot. So it, it, it it's it's really cool, you know, just to see the, the uh, people always commenting. Like, I, I'm starting to get noticed whenever people start putting out the best MMA strikers and then they start throwing my name in there, and there's like the comments filled like, "Where's Adrian Yanez? Where's Adrian Yanez?" I'm just like, dude, I, that that I'm like, man, this is so cool. That, that's that is pretty cool. Uh, but the highlight of everything is the Teddy Atlas, you know, going off and uh, giving me all the praise, and you know that I want to keep on living up to that expectation every single time. So I'm all, I'm always looking to better one up one up uh, what I did last time. This this fight with Randy, it's one of those things that nobody really thought about until somebody thought about it and put it out into the ether for everybody to see, right? Because I, was he even on your radar, like w until somebody mentioned it and then just kind of took off? Like was Randy even a guy you were thinking about fighting? Honestly, I, I had kind of like no idea. Uh, I had no idea like a, a fight with him would even be looming around this kind of early. Honestly, uh, 
I, I would have thought we would have been like a couple more fights into the UFC and then getting the fight. Uh, this is like kind of both early in both of our careers and uh, in the UFC at least. And I, it kind of took, it kind of went uh, different places and somebody mentioned it and uh, I didn't see it. Cause I know at that point in time, my phone was kind of blowing up, uh, blowing up after the fight. And then somebody was like, uh, started blowing up. Randy started telling him like, uh, you're scared to fight Adrian. He's like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, I saw that and I was like, yeah, I'm not either. So I just threw my name in there and, even with a couple of people that uh, I kind of I kind of called out uh, right after the fight, like trying to aim for fights for future fights, and nobody answered. And Randy's the guy that that you know put it out there. It's like, well, like put it out there, but like you know until someone nudged him, it's like, yeah, I respect the guy, but I'll fight him. So same approach with me, man. I still respect him, and I like I, I respect him, but I'll fight him too, man. If if they were say, hey. You know, you fight this when you get a rematch again. I was like, all right, cool. That'd be fun. That'd be fun too, because I'd still fight them. Because I was, it's one of those weird things where, like, I can, re I respect fighters so much that I would fight them. Just like, uh, like I looked up to Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar for so much that I respect them so much that'd be an absolute honor to fight them. And I feel the same way with, with Randy. Like he's he's a really good, genuine, genuinely really good guy who wears his heart on his sleeves every single time he goes out there and fights. So. I have nothing but respect for that. And it's really, really cool. It's really, really cool to see that. And I'm really glad that like this fight is actually uh, centered around like, uh, you know, good sportsmanship instead of it being like how this past weekend uh, with, uh, with Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, how they, you know, kind of like how that ended, you know, uh, not, not the greatest, but you know, Hey, you know, me, me and uh, Randy are showing that you can be a good sport and still promote the fight at the same time. There's a lot of excitement behind this fight, and and I know you're ready to go. You and Randy have, have built this thing up sort of organically, and, and and like we said, through positivity. How do you like the matchup with Randy? Because he's a big 35er. He's a big guy. He cuts a, a pretty significant amount of weight to get to 35. His style, especially on the feet, you, you know, you're more of a the, the scientific striker. You're very technical. I mean, you you mix in some different things that make you so unique. But Randy striking is like he's. He's a technical wild man, if that makes sense. So, how do you like the matchup from that perspective, and the, and the challenge that he presents you on that end? And it's 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 one that's that really excites me, if I'm being quite honest, because he is that wild guy, and he's also the guy who's really fast, really explosive, and has a lot of pop in his punches and his kicks. So I had to be on my p's and q's. I have to pitch the perfect game. Also, he he has to as well. He has to pitch the perfect game. That's. That's the uh, best part about this is that we both have to be on our A games or else one of us is going to sleep. And I like to believe whenever I look across the cage that like whenever I see Randy, I like the aggressive style that he brings. I feel like that fits me perfectly, uh, especially with his wild man. That's like the wild man kicks and uh, everything is kind of like set up, setting up for something else and something bigger. You know, uh, I don't mind. I don't mind it at all. Like I'm actually like really excited. Like I have really phenomenal kickers in my gym that I, that, that had been helping me train for this, uh, really fast strikers. Uh, then also like a, like a good one, uh, that just got signed by the UFC, Liam Martinez. Uh, he's been helping me train for this fight and he's never really stopped training from after his, con after the, uh, after the contenders all the way up to now, uh, he's been on a two fight win streak and he's been helping me train, like train for, for, uh, uh, for these, unorthodox uh kicks and unorthodox punches 
you know, because him himself, a karate, karate style background. And then also he's a really good kickboxer, super good kickboxer. So I, I've been getting a lot of good work, uh, work in and not, and if I'm being quite honest with you, I feel he's a lot faster than Randy. So like, I feel like I've been getting great work around it. So we both had to be on our P's and Q's. Uh, I like the style matchup just for me because man, like you make a mistake against me, I'm making you pay for it tenfold. So uh, I, I love this matchup. I feel like it suits me very well. I think the timing for this fight is actually really good too. When you consider what the card actually looks like, there's like 417 bantamweight fights on this card. It's insane, oh, yeah. uh, and, and some and some really good names like like Arce and, and Ewell are fighting on this card. We got Kyler Phillips and Halion Paiva. I know it's supposed to be Hapiel Asunzo. Uh, of course, the you guys, and then we get the main event: Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw. I mean, there's a lot of like potential to plant some seeds for for future fights just being on this card do you agree with that how much does that excite you being on this particular card with these particular fights man that actually excites me a lot you know i'm kind of hoping after the fight that they let me stay and watch the rest of the fights so i can sit <laughs> back and watch and scout uh but man there's there's a lot of good there's a lot of big big potential fights that are there you know there's like even in the main event like those are the two guys that you want to be fighting because those guys are the top contenders that will eventually lead to the belt. If not, if they already have the belt, whoever whoever it is, because they're all good enough to hold the belt. Uh, so to me, I just look back and you kind of want to scout and look look at everybody on the card. You know, it, it'd be cool if I, I'd be able to fight first and then watch everybody else fight, so I can sit back and watch them live. Because man, watching watching the the fights live, you get to see their actual speed, the actual, like, uh, how, the sound of how hard they hit. You get to get to be a little bit more intimate with those little factors, little, those little, like, uh, moments in there. You can, you can physically see someone slow down a little bit better, uh, whenever you're watching live. So it's, it's, it's cool. Like, cause like you can notice, I noticed the difference whenever I watched, the uh, this last UC, uh, the, whenever it was in Houston, UC 262, watching it live and watching the Oliveira stoppage like live, like there was, it was, it was like, wow, it was really, really cool. But also you can see the little moments of the, 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 the tide of the, uh, the tide of the shift turn, you know, the little shift turn that made it kind of roll, roll down. And then like you watch it on TV, you're just like, whoa, this looks a lot faster than what it did on, uh, than it did live. So it's pretty good. Like, that's what I would want to do. I would want to fight first then watch everybody else, you know, kind of fight so I can get a better grasp of where their speed's at, where their power's at and what little things they have, uh, that little signs, almost like playing poker, what little signs are, are giving, given in so I can see like when I need to turn it up and when I need to push. Who do you think wins the main event, Sanhagen or Dillashaw? Man, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm riding with uh, Corey Sandhagen on this one, man. Uh, uh, there's uh, no, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Corey Sandhagen. I'm not too fond of uh, TJ Dillashaw. I was just gonna say, um, you look like you have something on your mind there, but uh. yeah, yeah, no, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, you know, he, he's getting gifted a main event against a top contender, but also that top contender is uh, Corey Sandhagen. So, you know, it's kind of a uh, on the outs for him, you know, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but you got to set the table for this fight. You want to, oh. obviously you, you, you want to steal this. You want to steal the show. You want everybody talking about you as opposed to what happens in this main event. So, so how do we do this? H how do we set the table? How do we steal that thunder? Oh yeah, man. I got to go in there and uh, knock Randy out. You know, I love, like, I love the guy, you know, I respect the guy, but at the same time, we're both trying to do the same thing. 
But I'm going to go in there and I'm going to knock him out. Second round. Calling it right now. Second round knockout. Uh, he's 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 good, you know, but I, I've, I have I have a lot of fight experience and uh, not that he doesn't because he's training with some really good fight uh, fighters uh, out in Florida. But I just feel I'm on this different level and I have this different uh, maturity in this fight because I've been around it for a very long time. And I and I definitely I know within myself how how down and dirty I, I can dig. You know, and I'm I'm ready to go out there and uh, pose, impose my will. And, you know, it doesn't matter if a size difference or nothing, but I'm going to go in there uh, in the second round and I'm going to knock him out. I, I have to ask you about this because it slipped my mind the last time we spoke and it, it really irked me. It's one, It was one of those moments in my career where I was like, how did I not ask him about this? It was like right there on the tee and I didn't ask him. What's going on with you and Dr. Pepper? Has there been any conversations? Like, how has this not happened by now? Man, uh, it's it's all on Doctor the the balls in Doctor Pepper's court, man. We've been we've been uh, tr- knocking on the doorstep for a very long time. They just haven't opened the door yet, so I'm just sitting here knocking, trying to kick the door down, uh, trying to get a sponsorship or something. You know, man, I wouldn't even mind a year a year supply of Doctor Pepper. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> mind it at all. Uh, and a year supply of Doctor Pepper will probably last me two years, especially if I'm gonna be in, in training camp most of those whole times. So like, hey, man, throw me a bone, throw me something. Throw me a 24 pack. I don't care. <laughs> it's like, I just want more Dr. Pepper. You know, I wouldn't mind it at all. Have they given you any, like even a like on social media, anything? Oh, they, they responded to me once. Uh, they responded to me once. They, uh, uh, they quoted my tweet and I was like, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Are we getting some, is we do, did we get the ball rolling? And then, uh, I felt like I missed, I missed the shot, uh, but then after that, like everybody on MMA Twitter was like kind of just adding uh, Dr. Pepper. And I, I just felt like, man, I don't know if it was too much or not enough. I don't know what it was. So, ah, man, yeah, it's it's I feel like it's right there. I just need like if I go out there and knock Randy out, man, I, I think that states a big case to be like, hey, Dr. Pepper time. Would you do a Dr. Pepper shoey like tied to Ivasa? Oh, man. Everybody like there's there's been it's been mixed reviews on uh, Twitter that people are like someone told me to do a shoey and I was like I was like man am I really gonna have to do a Dr Pepper shoey and and then after that like I'm getting a whole bunch of mixed responses a lot of people are saying yes do it uh, some people are saying like nah man don't do it don't waste a good shoe us uh, man it just depends man I might do a poll if it goes over fifty percent says yes then I'll do it if it goes over uh, under fifty percent then I'm uh, if he goes over 50% for no, I won't do it. So it just depends. I'll, I'll have to see about that. Some people would just want to see me suffer, <laughs> you know, so uh, they would want me to do the Dr. Pepper suite. All right. So I, I'm going to change your life right now, Adrian, when it comes <laughs> to this conversation. Okay. And I know, and this is MMA. So I could say this right now on camera and people are going to be like, okay, whatever. But then like three months later, everyone's going to forget about it and you could keep this in your back pocket. Okay. So before I, I, I did this job, I was a wedding DJ. So I was a wedding DJ, and I remember a bride and groom, like, were, were telling me, like, the groom's family is crazy. Like, they're nuts. So, like, whatever they ask you to do, like, tell them to, like, kick rocks. So I'm behind there. I'm trying to, like, get everything ready. And one of the groomsmen, who was the, the brother of the groom, walks up to me and he goes, so we have a we have a tradition in our family that the bride has to – take a shot out of the groom's shoe or one of the groomsmen's shoe or the something like that. And I was like, first of all, that's the grossest thing I've ever heard. I was like, and second of all, like, she's never going to do this. He goes, well, it's tradition and she has to do it. 
She goes, so just get on the microphone, tell her to do it. I'm like, well, I'm never, ever going to do that at somebody's wedding because that's insane. So I walked up to her and I was like, listen, there apparently is this tradition where you have to like drink alcohol out of like your husband's shoe. And she's like, yeah, I know. And like, if I don't do it, I'm like kicked out of the family. So like, I guess I have to do it. She's like, I'm, I really don't want to. Like she was almost in tears. So I was like, I got an idea. So I went up to the bar and I grabbed one of those like rocks glasses and I stuck it in the shoe. So I poured the shot in the shoe into the glass that was inside the shoe. So she took the shoe and drank it. Nobody knew the glass was there. So it wasn't disgusting. Oh yeah. You know what? You might be right. That you got a good idea, man. You got a good point. (laughs) You got a good point. Save that one. You won't be able to do it after this one, but like down the road. Oh yeah. You got this man. Yeah. I wish I knew this uh, about a month ago. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good stuff from Adrian Yadas. Positivity, my friends. Positivity is everything. And this fight, this rivalry, this feud has been built on positivity. And the fight's just going to be awesome. It's just really good matchmaking. And I'm glad that, you know, Randy, Adrian, but mostly the fans made this fight happen. And they did it in, in the best possible way. So kudos to everybody involved. Really, really looking forward to that one coming up Saturday night from Las Vegas at the Apex. We move ahead to... A little bit of a different kind of an interview. We're going to talk to Josh Martinez. You may know him from Big Brother. You may know him from MTV's The Challenge, that huge show hosted by TJ Lavin. I don't need to explain what The Challenge is. You know what it is. But Josh is going to be boxing coming up in a couple of weeks. Let's talk to Josh Martinez right now on What the Heck. All right. So if you're a fan of reality television, if you're a fan of MTV's The Challenge, then you recognize this individual. And for those wondering why he is on a combat sports show, One, you know me, I like to get on anybody to talk combat sports fighter or not, but also because he will actually be competing himself on August 6th, part of a boxing event, pitting cast members from the show Big Brother. It's Big Brother US versus Big Brother Canada. The event goes down in Arlington, Texas. You can check it out on Fight TV. He's actually be taking on Adam Pike. Let us say hello to Josh Martinez. Josh, how are you, man? Good, brother. How's it going? It's going well. It's uh, it's good to have you here. Uh, so you're coming off, I believe, your, your fourth season of the challenge, the the double agent season. That was your fifth. Yeah. Well, they just actually right before I jumped on, they just announced the new season. So I just did. Yeah, this is my fifth season, and then the new season airs August 11th. They literally just released it this morning. So five seasons of the challenge. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. So the, yeah, the double agent season is the last one you were on and yeah. you made it pretty far once again. That's been like the story of your challenge run. You make it pretty far, yeah. but you come up just short before the final. So you've kind of experienced like both in some way because you've lost an opening challenge. You got to come back, but yeah. you've also gone pretty far and come up short. What's worse, getting knocked out like right away or getting knocked out late in the game? Oh, getting knocked out right away. I think that I honestly, my whole challenge career has been such an uphill battle, but it's been something that has helped me grow so much and helped me deal with failure in a way where like, I'm not really 
you know, when I fail, when I don't have success on the show, it doesn't set me back. If anything, it makes me work harder. But if I didn't have the opportunity to continue to come back season after season and kind of have a shot at playing the game that I've fallen in love with or just having a shot at the money and going out first, um, that would have been a bummer. Yeah, my rookie season, I went out literally hours into the game. Um, and I probably wouldn't have a career with MTV right now. So hell yeah, going out first. But um, I mean, getting closer and closer, I just think each season you learn what works, what doesn't, what I need to work on. And I just keep getting stronger and just more confident within the game. So um, yeah, I feel really lucky to just be part of it, honestly. I think everybody watching this and, and everybody in general at some point has watched the challenge. And I think all yeah. of us at some point in our lives we try to imagine ourselves on the show like how would we do on it like will tj lavin think i'm tough or really think i'm a yeah. i'm a wuss and send me home with, with with bad vibes like all that stuff so getting there and like getting chosen and being part of it for the first time was it kind of surreal for you being on the show and arriving to that first challenge like seeing some of the people that have been mainstays oh, on the show for so long one thousand percent i mean my rookie season was just crazy because i had gotten leaked probably a month prior into going into the show. So all the fans were going nuts online. And I think I just had this like pressure coming off of a win from big brother that I had to perform. And then you pull up and you see all of these freaking vets. Like for me now to be considered a vet kind of in their shoes, it's so weird to me. Cause I still till this day, remember the very first day I met all of them. And it, it's surreal. It's, it's intense. I think everybody says, Oh yeah, I'll do the challenge watching from home. It looks way easier. I'll be the first to say like, Watching the challenges we do, be like, oh, yeah, I could do that. But when you're there and you have the pressure on and you have the people that are – everybody's a competitor and brings something to the show. Um, yeah, it looks a lot easier watching it from home. But, dude, the game is intense and just the living – I think just the whole the whole aspect of the game, the social aspect, the living locked in a house for two months with crazy people. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely harder than it seems for sure. So now you have an interesting challenge in a different way. Friday night, August 6th, Big Brother US yeah. versus Big Brother Canada. You're going to be facing Adam Pike. Before we get yeah. into the actual combat itself, like when was this brought to your attention and how did you react to it? So I got reached out to do this box. First off, I, with all the YouTubers and all the TikTokers and everybody kind of doing these celebrity fights, um, I instantly was like, why haven't, we big brothers like how, how can we haven't done one our fans are so invested in everything that we do they support us i mean i've been off of the show now four years and i still have so many fans from big brother that support me so i was like our fans are ride or die why don't we do this and then i got reached out i want to say like february march um right before i left to go film the chat the new season of the challenge they reached out to me like three weeks before um and yeah adele's been great in setting everything up and they, they, you know, they let me know what was going down, who I would be. They kind of gave me the option to who I was going to fight. I mean, I was, they were switching in and out fighters to match me up because I could either somebody didn't want to fight me or they couldn't find somebody like my size and my weight to box me. Um, so I'm glad that it's Adam. Adam's a competitor. Adam's a tough fucking dude. Um, so it's going to be a showdown and I'm excited. I love competing and I love, you know, uh, you know, putting myself against like strong people like that and having to go up against them. So I'm stoked for our fight. I'm really excited for it. What have you made for, I mean, obviously he's been a part of you wanting to put something like this together and you sort of having this concept, like why haven't we done this? But we've yeah. seen what Jake Paul has, has been doing. I mean, the man love him or hate him. He's carved out a very successful niche in, in this, in this landscape yep. and people are interested in it, whether they want to see him win or see him get knocked out. Like what have you thought about what he's been able to do? 
I think he's a genius. I think Jake Paul, even though, you know, I think he's so young, he's so successful, and he's a complete genius. I think he's the one that kind of started all of this. Um, and it's just so smart from his end. And now look what it's turned into. I hope that this is the first of many Big Brother fights or reality TV events that we do. And I hope that it is a huge success. I know that the fans are excited. I know that all the fighters, all of us are really excited and stoked to be kind of the first ones to do it. Um, but yeah, I hope, I mean, Jake Paul kind of paved the way to do it for all like social influencers or whatever you want to call it. And now we're doing it. So I just hope that it's a huge success so that we could continue um, doing these fights because I think that it's it's going to be a hit. For sure, it's going to be a hit. And I'm I'm so excited to be part of it. Are you personally a combat sports fan? Are you a boxing fan? Do you watch MMA or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, so my dad's a huge MMA fight. I'm Cuban, so I grew up watching boxing. Um, obviously, Mayweather, big Mayweather fight. A big Mayweather fan, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I grew up watching fighting sports and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, to, just to be... I mean, my dad always said it, either I was going to be a lawyer or a boxer because I'm, I'm so outspoken and I have a strong personality. So I guess I'm kind of living up the dream and uh, <laughs> doing this boxing match. <laughs> That's crazy. What, yeah. What, 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 what's sort of your, your, your combat experience? Like, I think everyone's been in some sort of scrap at some point in their lives, but like, where'd oh, you gauge your actual like boxing experience? Oh, dude. I mean, I grew up, I, I grew up playing sports and I grew up playing uh, football and baseball and I grew up in fights in and out of fights my whole life not primarily because of me i was always either defending one of my cousins or something like that so i'm, I'm a scrapper i'm a fighter for sure um in training i actually started training growing up i would do boxing just for like cardio because i love training um and, and doing like hit training and things like that and boxing is just a whole different animal um but i think i've been training i want to say like two two months and a half before leading into this fight and i've been doing two days now um you know with a private Cuban trainer here in Miami. So I don't have much experience, but I have been preparing myself for, for, for the fight for sure. Who, who's training you? If you don't mind me asking. Um, his name is Russell and it's empire fit. Like it's, I've been going to the gym here for three years and he has his whole team there. So I've been working with them for three years now. Um, and you know, I'm really, I'm really just stoked to have them in my corner. They know me well, they know how I train. Um, so yeah, they're pushing me hard and, yeah, I'm excited to just have them have them like represent me kind of. Have you met? I mean, obviously you knew who Adam was and yeah. you know he's a tough guy, but have you like yeah. hung out with him? Like, are you guys friendly? No, we've never met. So yeah, we're friendly. Definitely. Um, Adam, I was a fan of him on his season of Big Brother. The guy killed it on that season. And then he's been a fan of mine of Big Brother and just very supportive with everything that I do with the challenge and on social media. We've never met, um, but I do know that you know, we are, even though we're friendly and we get along, I think that we're both very competitive and we don't, I don't like to lose. I know that he doesn't like to lose. Um, so I think that, you know, when it comes to like stepping into the ring, I think all that friendly stuff is going to stay outside of the ring. And I think that we're going to put on a good show and a good fight because I know, I mean, we've talked about it back and forth and throwing like jabs, like, you know, um, I don't think none of us want to lose. So I think that it's going to be, I think our fight's going to be one of the best ones, honestly, if I'm being real with you, because we're ready to just get in there and just kill it. Yeah. What are some of the things that you guys are saying to each other back and forth? Um, I So I've been gone, but when I got home, I've been gone filming. When I got home, I saw all the things that he was saying on social media and just <laughs> talking all this shit and doing all these funny posts. I was like, all right, bet. I'm not one to do that. I mean, even when I have real castmates coming on me when the show's airing, I don't go back and forth on the internet. I don't like it. But I was like, all right, well, I'll see you August 6th, I guess. Like, you know, um, but for the most part, it's friendly banter. But I think that, 
you know, he's been training really hard. The guy's been putting in work in the gym. Um, so if anything is just pushing me to train even harder leading up to the fight, um, yeah, for the most part, we get along. But I think when it comes down to it, we're we're just going to we're going to scrap, dude. It's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath for sure. Yeah, of course. And anything you do and anyone who's watched a challenge can can tell yeah. this. It's pretty easy to, to see you want to win. And, and I certainly oh, understand yeah. that. But yeah. while you have an opponent that you'll be battling, there's always like when you do something like this, there's always these small battles within ourselves, yeah. like trying something new. You're, you're vulnerable. You're in front of all do, doing yeah. this thing in front of all these people who are going to be paying attention to you. Like, so outside of just wins and losses, what are you hoping to accomplish on August 6th in the boxing ring? I think for me, it's like you just said, it's challenging myself. Um, for me, I'm le- like, when I'm scared to do something, that's when I jump head first into it. You know, when I first got asked, I was like, I have no professional fighting experience. I've never truly boxed. I've done like workouts and things like that, incorporating boxing, but like trained like a boxer. I have no experience, but for me, it was like, all right, am I scared to do it? I'm not scared to do it, but is it something new? Is it outside of the box? It's something that I've never done. Hell yeah. And I'm, I love watching boxing matches. I love watching MMA and all that stuff. So I was like, fuck it, put me in there. And I think for me, it's more of like challenging win or lose, whatever does happen on August 6th. It's more of like, I had the balls and the courage to step into the ring, especially against somebody like Adam and just go in there and give it everything that I got. And for me, it's like, I'm, motivated by fear and I'm driven by fear. And like, I think that no matter what criticism or what people say about me, I'm never going to back down from something because of people's, you know, what people think about it. It's more of like challenging myself and taking on this new task and just giving it everything that I got and putting in the work to just perform and do well and, and put on a good fight. So I think for me, it's just the growth in the whole process of the training and leading up to the fight and just like uh, proving to myself that, you know, even if it's something new, I can tackle it and give it my all and, and just compete and put my heart into it. So yeah, I'm excited for it. What, when did you get back from filming? Dude, I got back from filming, like, I want to say about not even two weeks. Okay. So I, I got off the show and then I traveled for a few days. Um, And then, yeah, I got home probably like a week. It's been like a week now, I think like a week and a half. Yeah. Did, did you watch the, the Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor fight on Saturday? I did. I did watch it. Yeah, I did watch it disappointment dude what a disappointment man i mean i had money on mcgregor but you know I, I, you can't you can't predict those type of things when they happen you're an injury like that so uh i mean and i was in the mcgregor fight in in um in vegas a few years ago so that fight lasted i who was it against was it against how it lasted like 40 seconds so i really wanted yeah. to see you know i was like dude i really wanted to see him put on a good fight but um yeah, it's like you never know what's going to happen in the ring, dude. And that's a scary – that's something that's really scary. Um, but, but yeah, I was just disappointed with that fight. Yeah, at least you don't have to check leg kicks or anything. With this yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> I'm like, an MMA fight? I need, like, five months to train for that. Boxing, we could throw hands. But MMA, that's a whole different ballgame. That's, that's a different animal. No, no, no. I would so- need way more time. I, I, I wouldn't be filming. I wouldn't be training for a show and then going straight into an MMA fight. Fuck that. <laughs> that's brutal yeah i i don't know if we're gonna see that world where the, the, the you know the celebrity fights happen in mma I, it'd be interesting I to would see be down. you would I be would down be, for that fuck yeah i would be down i would just need like a solid four months of training before i would step into the ring with anybody that'd yeah. be so wild i'd be interested yeah. to see how that would play out so so how does this all go down august 6th like you said it's gonna be very exciting you and josh are very competitive guys big brother u.s versus big brother canada what's the headline gonna read when the fight's over 
Um, I think the headline's going to read that, you know, Big Brother U.S. won most of the matches. And I'm telling you, I'm not going in there, like, holding back. I'm going in just, I'm going ham. Like, I'm literally just giving it everything that I have. Obviously not trying to hurt Adam. I don't think that's what we're trying to do here. But I think that we are, and we've talked about it, like, so many times, like, we're ready to put on a fucking fight. And I don't know who's going to win it. But I know that I'm going to give it everything that I got. I know every Adam's going to put up a good fight. And I think that it's going to be one of the best fights that day. Um, but I'm just hoping for the win. Honestly, just putting in the work and just hoping for the win for sure. Before, before we let you go, I, yeah. I did want to ask you about something that, that, that goes beyond TV and beyond yeah. boxing and, and things of that nature. And that is what is currently going on in Cuba right now, because you, yeah. you, of course, as you've talked about before, you are a Cuban American. I believe your parents came over from there and maybe I heard this wrong, but your grandfather, maybe your great grandfather spent time in yeah. prison for, for fighting up for a lot of the same things that are being fought for now over there. And as people have probably seen by now, the pandemic has really crushed Cuba and not just because yeah. of the pandemic, but there's been, food shortage and, and lack of supply of, of medicine. Now it's summertime and there's blackouts and there's inflation and it's scary stuff, man. And now yeah. there's this positive COVID test spikes, like things are just really bad over there. And the people of Cuba have just said like, you know what? We're not going to take this line down anymore. We're going to fight back. So I, I sort of wanted to get your thoughts on what is going on over there and what, the, what it's been like for you to watch what is happening. Yeah, it's dude, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, Today, actually this morning, we were able to communicate with one of my my dad's uh, brother and, and my uncle and speak to our cousins and stuff like that. And I mean, I was just bawling on the phone for an hour. It's just, it's it's so sad. It's gotten so bad. And people don't understand that there is no other option but kind of to protest. They don't have another option. They're starving. Inflation, like you said, is so high. People can't afford to even go to a grocery store. There's no food. Even if they go to a grocery store, there is no food. So there's no food, there's no medication, and it's just gotten so bad. People are dying just because of COVID. It's been happening, but it's so bad because they don't have the basic necessities that they need. So it's just, it's really heartbreaking. And in knowing that we can't do anything to help, that's where I'm struggling because I have the money. If I wanted to send money right now to help, I can't. The government doesn't give it to our family. So it's just, it's it's really hard, but I think that... um, what I can do from my end and what I've been doing is just trying to speak as much about it, bring awareness. So I'm getting so many messages and so many DMs from people that have no idea what's going on in Cuba, which is crazy to me. So just bringing awareness with the thousands or 30 or 40, whatever people watch my story, just to bring awareness to it. Um, it it's something that I feel like I, that's the only thing that I can do. And it's helping me kind of, you know, deal with it and, and, and just um, feeling like I'm doing something because I'm feeling helpless and not being able to help my family it, it, it is really sad, but um, I'm really grateful for the support and just like, I'm hoping that things change because it's just heartbreaking, honestly. What do your yeah. parents think about it? You know, because what, what they came over in the 80s, right? So my, yeah, my parents came over in the 80s. My mom was really young. I think my mom was 15 and my dad was 18. My dad was homeless for about um, three years in Cuba. Um, you know, his family was just living in the streets at one point because they spoke out. So my family spoke out against the dictatorship and basically the whole town turned on them. So it was like, you know, every single day they were getting, you know, either their house was getting bombed with stuff, people egging their house, like just attacking them and getting slandered. So it got so bad that my dad had to leave the country. Like he, he, my dad came in a boat from Cuba 
um, and, and fled. And then my mom was requested, like back in the eighties, you could request your family. So she, she went from Costa Rica to, um, to the States, but it's just that struggle stays with them. Like, you know, it's like that, that what they went through has, it's been years and it's still like my parents can't even get through a full conversation talking about that story and, and what happened to them in Cuba. So it is really sad that that is still happening in our country and that our people are still going through that. Um, and you know, it, it's heartbreaking, but I think for once, um, my dad was telling me this morning, he's like, you know, people never had the courage to kind of speak up against a dictatorship. They were so scared. And I think now with social media, and they're seeing what they're creating and all the noise that they're making. Now people are finding the courage and, and, and the strength to do it. So I think that that's why I just want to share more because I know that the Cuban people are finding support in all everything that is put on social media. Um, so yeah, it, it is really tough, but I, I just pray that, you know, I pray for my family, I pray for my country and I just pray that things start to change. But I appreciate you bringing that up. That means a lot um, for sure. And just bringing more awareness to it. So thank you. There he is, Josh Martinez, getting ready to make his boxing debut coming up on August 6th. You can watch the action on Fight TV, Big Brother U.S. versus Big Brother Canada. And uh, just thought it was, it, was, it was really good stuff about Cuba. He's obviously a Cuban-American, and everything going on there over there is just it's just craziness. So uh, our hearts go out to everybody over in Cuba dealing with what they're dealing with right now as we get ready to wrap up the program. One more interview coming up to wrap us up. And... That's it. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we can get my house in order and this nightmare could be behind us because it's just driving me crazy. I don't even know how I'm talking to you right now, but onwards and upwards. That's what I always say. Off to Tampa tomorrow, BKFC. Look for my coverage out there. All sorts of different things should be happening. Fight card on Friday, of course, headlined by Paige Van Zandt versus Rachel Ostevich. Uh, so join me for that. We'll be at the Bellator, AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull. Uh, media day and open workout and all that stuff. There's so much fun stuff going on. Uh, Brandon Moreno has a media luncheon coming up on Tuesday. So we'll be there for that as well. So lots of content coming your way on MMAfighting.com on our YouTube page, wherever you're finding us. So just follow along and uh, yeah, and, and partake in the good stuff. But I'm getting out of here. Again, thank you to you guys for checking out the program. Big thank you to Casey on the production, Jose and Alex on the social stuff. We're done. We're out of here. Have a heck of a week, everybody. We'll see you throughout the week. We'll wrap things up. My chat with Gilbert Dorino Burns. All right, let us say hello to Gilbert Burns, who picked up a big win over Stephen Thompson at UFC 264. And the man got on the microphone after the win. He spit some fire. I dug it a lot. In addition, he has also joined up with the fine folks over at Killcliff and their Clean Energy Fight Club. A lot going on in the world of Dorino these days. How are you, man? I'm doing good, bro. Thank you. Good to have you back here. And look, you went into the octagon in front of 20,000 people and you beat Stephen Thompson. That is not easy to do. And it's also not easy to look good against Stephen Thompson. And all in all, no matter what anybody else says, man, I thought you looked good against him and you got the job done. That's all that matters, right? Me too. I, I think it did. I looked very good. Uh, I executed a game plan that we had it. And uh, yeah, came up victorious, no injuries, two checks, didn't move up in the ranks, but politics, I don't care. And uh, family was there, no injuries, four takedown attempts, three executed, control, no damage. Yeah, for sure, I'm happy. I'm not saying this because you're here, uh, 
because I've said this on, on other platforms and other places as well. I thought overall, this was an A plus night for you. The whole body of work from the win, the reaction after the final horn, you yelling, what, what, what? And then giving a little bit back to the boo birds at T-Mobile. I love the promo of Joe Rogan after like the little bit of a heel turn and the, and the call outs were great too, which we'll discuss in a moment. I'm curious how you would grade yourself as a whole for everything you did on Saturday from the walkout to the fight, to the, to, to the post fight interview with Rogan and everything. I think it was a, it was a great night, especially I was very nervous coming from a knockout loss against the champion and, you know, trying to rebuild myself again, make sure I do believe in what I said, that I still have time to be a champion, still everything in there. I want to be the champion and I got to remind myself, you know, not even the others, but remind myself that I still can do it. And then, I was freaking nervous before the fight, but I went there and executed. It was a good game plan against a very game opponent. Last eight years, no one took him down three times like I did. No one controlled him like I did. No one got a lot of damage like I didn't got damage. And a post-fight interview was nice. I did what I had to say. I, <laughs> you know, a lot of fans got behind me, a lot of fans. You know, the other day, my fight was canceled. So I went to the, the Vidara with the family. Then I went to get a meal with Harry. Bro, a big crowd stopped me. And then, you know, a lot of support from the fans, social media too. Yeah. I think it was a very good night against a tough opponent, rebuilding myself back to the title shot. I think it was a great, great night. Yeah, I mean, because you're such a nice guy. Like you're, you're considered one of the, the, the good guys in the sport. But when you cut that promo on the crowd, man, I loved it. Like, boo me, boo me. It was great. Like what compelled you to do that? Like, can you walk us through that moment? Because it seemed like, it seemed like you're going to take the high road and just say like, look, I'm sorry. I, 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 I try to finish these fights and then boom, you go heel and become Hilbert Burns. Like, why did you decide to do that? Because I caught, I caught myself saying sorry a lot, you know, anything that I do bad, I, I do help preach that to my kids. You got to say sorry if you did something bad. And then I remember we were preaching that a lot before leaving. I don't, you know, I'm leaving for this week for the, get that started to watch the fight. Mom, I, I don't want to, if you do something bad, don't fight back, you know, relax because my boys have, have a lot of energy. So that was, I think the thing that we were preaching so much. And then at the end of the fight, I caught myself and saying sorry. Like, as soon as I caught myself and saying sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not, not a lot of guys. I felt good. You know, against a very guy. I, I respect you guys. Long time with, with the COVID. Now it's opening up. You guys want to see more action. But you come here and do action against this guy. Go start, go forward against Warner Boy. Swing for the fence. You'll see what's going to happen. So, when I caught myself saying sorry, I said, you know what, boo, I don't care. I, I like that energy. So that was kind of very natural. A lot of the story heading into this fight was some of the work done in the gyms with some of the specialists that you each brought in. Like Steam was working with guys like Ryan Hall. You were working with Raymond Daniels. That became such a big story because it's obviously such a great tool to have. But you made it a point several times to give credit to Jason Jackson, the ass kicking machine who's been on a tear over at Bellator. He could be the next guy to fight Yaroslav Amosov for their welterweight title. How specifically was he so impactful to you ahead of this fight? Very, very. The, I had three guys helping me so much. Lee Jimenez, Raymond Daniels, Jason Jackson. That was it, my full camp. 
that was it. Those three guys every day, twice a day, for sure. All my team at Sanford MMA. Phil Halls was one of the guys, too, that he has a very crazy takedown defense and then was one that I used to go with the other guys, too. But Jason Jackson was a, such a big uh, condition because he has the best taking down defense on MMA, period. Like, period. I can point a lot of guys, you know, not trying to, you know, like that. But I take a lot of guys down at the gym. Most of the guy I score take down. Most. He's the only freaking guy that if I do get a take down a few halls, he boom right back up. Jason boom right back up. And Jason Jackson's kind of like a taller. And I think he got even more, more, I call that the the like range. More rich. Yeah, he got more rich and more is a than then then one of our bro I was Jason it was so hard and down towards the three battles was being but wow it's a big a big help because of that take down defense defense you know take down against the fence and hold down and keep him down and that was, that was Jason high level he's gonna be the next battle champ for sure because when I touched Steven Steven, he was strong, but nothing close to tricking Jason Jackson. You you sort of touched on this earlier, but it was brought up at the media day and, and, and you talked about it then too. But I actually went into this whole fight being one of the people who thought like all the pressure is on Wonder Boy. Like the story was about him and could he get back to a title shot? It's all on the line for him and for you. Yeah, there's obviously some pressure. You want to get back to the belt, but I felt like in a weird way, you were kind of playing with house money a little bit heading into this fight. Like a win would be big, a loss, albeit would have been pretty crappy for you. I didn't think it would be as catastrophic for you as it would be for Wonder Boy. And you kind of disagree with that sentiment. You talked about how nervous you were before the fight. Why is that? Why did you, where did this extra pressure come from? It came from, it came from me because I always believe it could be the champion or it could become a champion. I think I went to the fire are overconfident. And uh, I got to remind myself that, hey, I love Trinity, but he's the first one, you know, we're going to get more. But I was half believing. I did believe, you know what, we're going to get another time. But at the, other, at the other half, I was just like, man, and just lost a so hard right now. And I gotta prove to myself that, I, to me, that I, that I still can be the champion. And they boom, they come and ask, boy, a lot of guys to fight. They give me the water, boy. And I, yeah, like man, I gotta from that fight. So, and then I, I learned so much from the Kamara fight and that, like, because in the Kamara fight, I, tomorrow, and what did I do? Boom, I start getting undisciplined, loading up punch, trying to finish the fight, angry, emotions. So at that fight, I knew I could get hit. I knew I might got a knockdown from Stephen Wonderboy. But what what do I have to change? You gotta be disciplined. I gotta stay with the game plan, stick with the plan. So all the little things was I, I had two fights that I was more nervous about. It. The first one was was Damian Maya back then because it was a big deal. It was 
in Brazil, Jiu-Jitsu Ace, one of my idols, and I made I was so freaking nervous. Tarawanda was nervous, but not as much. Damn, Maya was the number one. But now Steven Wonderboy Thompson got so freaking nervous that that's why I'm helping my performance. Not because I did what I did, no, because I was extremely nervous and I still able to do what I had to do, follow the game plan, stay in discipline, listen to my coach. That's that that's why I put a lot of I think that's why I felt a lot of pressure coming from a loss trying to rebuild myself, trying to keep believing on myself that I can be a champion. And, you know, and going against a freaking high-level guy, and I got to learn the lesson that I just made a mistake in my last fight. I think that's why, too, I got the pressure was too much because, okay, I learned to be disciplined. Okay, you really learn. Show me. That was kind of the pressure that I had. After the main event, Dana White spoke to the media and he was asked about your performance and he said it wasn't a good fight and that you won. And that was the extent of it. What did you make of, of Dana's opinion about the fight? So hard to, to nowadays to, to kind of react to any Dana's opinion. Uh, I remember, you know, a, fly, a fight that I remember that was super, super close. Uh, Francis Ngannou, after he lost the title shot, who was his first fight, you remember? After he lost the, the title shot to Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis. How was that fight? It was uh, kind of forgettable. <laughs> yeah, but who won that fight? Black Beast wasn't Francis. That's was the Lewis, only yeah. difference. I was the number one contender just for the, for the title. I lost. Okay, it got a little boring fight. I don't think it was that boring. But we, I, I agree. It wasn't as entertaining. I did what I had to do. But I won't. You know, that's the difference thing. Fly, you know, a lot of fight like Dana said, every fight he makes, every weekend he makes, he make fights. And uh, he he said the same thing about the heavyweight Q, Q, Q game. Zero gun, couple, yeah. Zero gun, a couple fights ago, he said, man, I don't like that performance. Guy's fighting for the title right now. So it's very hard nowadays to, Dana watch very emotional, for sure. He want my fight to be a bang, for sure. He want Conor McGregor fight to be a bang. And I and I understand, you know, as a promoter, that's what you have to do. So I understand his his opinion, but I don't I don't rely on that. You know, that's not gonna define what I'm gonna do next. I mean, like like you said, like the fight wasn't as bad as like a lot of people made it out to be. I thought like like the moment, I don't know if it was the first round or the second round where you're on top of him. It was the second round, the second round when you are like, you're on top of him and he just starts throwing. Like, what do you think of that moment? You're like, all right, dude, let's, let's do this. I'll, I'll do this with you all day. Yeah, that was Joe Fry, Joe, Joe Fraser in, in the fright. <laughs> remember? So that was a good one, bro. Uh, I had fun in there. I was very nervous. I capitalized and executed a game plan. Against a very freaking tough guy. Guy gave me a freaking spinning heel kick, came on the back of my neck. That that freaking leather right here. I lost my last leg for a little bit. And I, oh shit, I gotta stay composed, stay disciplined, disciplined. Remember, stay disciplined. So hands up, hard fangs, like kind of fire back a little bit. I had a lot of fun in there. I was, and that guy was freaking, people have no idea. Like, people, oh, what is the jujitsu? A lot of haters, I don't even. But and then I watched the fight and I said, man, there's a lot of jujitsu in there. People don't realize how was my head movement in the fight when they took him down, when I went to the shots, how was my hip position? That guy was very slippery. If I kind of over 
commit to go to a transition submission, the guy was up at the game. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a very heavy mass control here, control of the hips, control of the shoulders, good head position, heavy hips. And as soon as I can, I'm able to strike, I'm going to strike. But it was very ta- tactical fight. If people that has a good level and understand your grappling, they like, oh, I know what Gilbert did, you know? Yeah, it's not easy to take him down, let alone keep him down. And, and you were able to do both of those things. So you had three names in mind after the fight, Mazadal, Diaz, Leon Edwards, and all three make a lot of sense. No one thought it was that they were reaching for anything crazy. I thought they all were sensical call-outs. Do you have sort of an order of preference? Does like does one name stand out above the others? Yeah, two names stand. Nate, it's a big fight. You got to say yes with these fights, but it's, I'm not chasing. I'm not chasing. So if the way I see Kobe fight is going to be by November. That's why I'm here. I'm I'm ready to go November, October, November ready. So the way I see is be, let's say, no, best scenario. If I go out there and beat his name, uh, Leon Weathers, right? I might get very close to the title, right? I might be right back, but not, depends, depends on, you know, if you, he's a, a close fight might not. And uh, if ends up that Kobe beats Usman, a trilogy will be in place, right? So I don't know what to do. I don't know if I do fight out first, you know, and then I fall Leon, then it will be like two, three wins. Then I have another title shot. It's very weird place right now. I don't know if Kamara Kobe will be, so I don't know. If they pick who you want, I would say give me Majidal. Leon gonna sit down, he's gonna wait. Then if I Leon later on, I don't care. But but both guys make sense. It's hard for me if they offer me Leon, but like they say, next the winner gets the title for sure. I'm gonna fight Leon. But I don't know. I don't know if she, the 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 thing that I think is I don't know if I will I win again. We put right there or I still gotta. More, you know, and then if I beat Leon and I'm right there, it doesn't make sense for me. Majdal, that's number seven, you know. It's it's very, I don't know, it's a little trick. I don't know what to do, but two names that I have first will be Majdal and Leon. Let me ask you this because you mentioned the interesting spot you're in. You mentioned the plan for the UFC is to rebook the Susan Covington fight and do the rematch, and a lot of people feel a certain way about Colby. And I know you talked about Colby quite a bit, but for you personally. If the UFC is to make this fight, is there a part of you that becomes a Colby fan? Because if he beats Usman and wins the belt, like you said, they might run it back and do the third fight. But Colby being the champion makes your road back to a title a little bit easier than it would if Usman just keeps running off wins. Like, do you view it that way? That there's a part of you that kind of wants Colby to win because it gets you there faster? Does that make sense? No, I won't. If I can pick, I want to fight Kamara for the title again. I still want to fight Kobe, but uh, it doesn't, you know, I want to, for sure, want to become a champion, but I think Kamaru is going to be there when I get there again. Just, I see, and uh, we're kind of cheerful for Kobe, to be honest. It's going to be very hard for that to happen. But I don't know, Kamaru's going to beat Kobe. 
and uh, that that's it. And they close the doors. You're gonna be me or or, or Leon Edwards for the for the next fight, you know. And if Vicente Luque is coming, you know, he's beating Kiesa. He may be jumping me because he if he does beat Kiesa, very impressive. The next title shot might be Luque against Leon, you know. So, you know, so I don't know. I see a lot of scenarios. I I just do believe Maj without or or Leon doesn't make sense, and I'm gonna wait, you know. But the the thing right now, too, Mike, I'm not in a hurry to go to the, the title, you know. Like I saw a lot of guys hurry. Uh, Jorge, two title fights back to back, lost the first one that he wasn't ready. Two weeks notice. In five rounds, the one that he was ready, he lost the five or two rounds. So that's why I think they hurry a little bit, you know, to the title. Cody Garbrandt did that before. A couple other guys did that before. They lost. They want to fight for the title again. You know, and I don't mind to take my time. I don't mind to, even if I need to do a couple more fights, you know, I don't mind to fight Leon, they fight Jorge, they fight. Because it's, uh, as soon, I know I'm going to get there again. And as soon as I'm fighting for the title, I want to make no mistake. I want to make sure that time after uh, February 14, 13, when I fought through my next fight, I want to make sure I freaking the next level improved so much. So w- would it be fair to say that it would it would mean more for you to to beat Usman to capture the title because of the run he's been on, the, the position he's put himself in, in the overall landscape. It would mean more for you. I mean, obviously you want to become champion, but it would mean more for you. It would, it would be more significant if you took it from Usman than taking it from Covington or anybody else. Yes, 100%. He's the number one pound for pound right now. Champion. One of the best welterweight on the planet, you know. For sure, would mean a lot beat tomorrow, you know. that That's... That's a high level fighter, you know. So let's talk about your partnership with Killcliff and their energy drinks, uh, a vast variety of flavors. I saw different kinds of drinks. There's all natural. There's there's energy drinks. There's some with CBD in them. How did this come on your radar? Like, how did this partnership come together? And, and what about it made you say, you know what? I'm in. I got to be part of this this Killcliff Fight Club. Yeah, the man, the Killcliff is freaking a great company. I know those guys since the. They used to <laughs> crazy story. They used to sponsor a guy that I that I fuck up with them. It's kind of like very nice guy, but a rival, you know, very big rival. Lucas Lepre. Uh, I beat him a couple of times before I leave this scenario. After I left, he became like six, seven times world champion, you know. And he was always with the kill cliff, and I knew kind of was a drink, but uh, but then they came, they they went and they 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 are, they became one of the, the Sanford sponsors, you know, and then came very natural, you know, like they're looking for the guys who sponsor the gene. And then they asked for a couple high level guy, high level fighters. And my name was in the conversation. Henry put my name and then Henry called me, Hey, we want you a sponsor. And then say, that looks good. And, and the best thing is they are freaking great taste. Like, the Joy Rogan, the Joe, the Fleming Joy, one of the best. Then they have the goats, so good. And I thought I've been talking to the guys. You gotta do a Burns flavor, you know. You gotta make a, <laughs> I don't know, acai con guaraná or, or or something very very Brazilian caipirinha or I don't know. We make something happen. We gotta make that Burns flavor soon. Have you had the CBD ones? 
yes, I do love the CBDs one. I love it. I like it ever. Uh, those are my favorites for recovery. I already do a lot of CBD. Uh, you know, I have my, my, I, got me? Yeah. Yep, okay. I, I, I have my, my, my sponsor love hemp that I do a lot of CBD already, but the drinks and the, but in the energy drinks, very clean energy. I, I like it. I like it a lot. What's the go-to? What's the one that like, if, if they're all there and you can only pick one, what's the flavor? What's the one you're going to pick every single time? Is the grape the goat that that's number one, but the flaming joys is it's they right there, you know, they're right there. They <laughs> like both the goat and the flaming joy. All right, so check out and this Kill Cliff fight team is just insane. Go to their website and check out who's on Israel Adesanya, Robbie Lawler, Ryan Bader, and the list goes on and on. Gilbert Burns, obviously a part of it as well. And now Gilbert, you can enjoy an, another Kill Cliff beverage in celebration for the big win over Steven Thompson. So congratulations, man. Well done. Look forward to whatever the next move is for you, sir. I think you're handling this fantastically. You rode back to the title. You're taking your time. You're in no rush. I think you're handling this absolutely perfectly. So enjoy the win. Enjoy the, uh, the time with the family and, and we'll talk soon. Hopefully my man. Thank you, brother. Have a good one, Mike. Always good to talk to you. You're listening to the Vox media podcast network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 